The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contest, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. on deck for China PR. Fits out to Lauren James, who makes it free. And England make it look easy in this first half at times. Two goals in the last two matches now for Lauren James. England striding confidently towards the round of 16. More pressure on the goalkeeper who thought about coming, thought better of it. Definitely caught in two minds. Lauren James, number four. She's having absolutely brilliant from Lauren James. But they are checking for a possible offside leading up to the goal. It's Lucy Bronze walking back, not getting involved in the play at all. Until there, but she did there. Is no goal. Number two is in offside position. Offside. Lucy Bronze getting involved in the play from an offside position. So it stays at 3 0. That's better from China. And a shot on goal for Mary Herbst to deal with from Wu Chunshu. Much more like it from the champions of Asia. Yao Ling Wei with this corner. And the little flick blocked on the line and just wide. Well, that could easily have ended up in the back of England's net there. They are checking for a possible penalty, we're hearing now, for a potential handball there. It's just the hand of Lucy Bronze. You can see there was a little bit of intent. We have a passable handball by Nottingham. So the final decision is a penalty kick. Mary Earps, the England goalkeeper, hasn't had much to do at all in this match. She faces Wang Shuang now. 
You are listening to your FIFA Women's World Cup round of 16 preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can also check out the Sports Gambling Podcast guys on Patreon. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGen. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP's Stories podcast and an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all of their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate corporate gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon is the place to go. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. Also, let me quickly tell you guys about the Fantasy Premier League tournament. I mentioned the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter earlier on. All the information is basically in the pin tweet. So go to at SGP Soccer and you'll get the code to join the league. So you don't have to enter the website. If you want to, it's fantasy.premierleague.com and you go then into the SGPN mini league for your chance to win signed prizes. So we have leveled up our prizes this year. We're not just giving out gift cards or money. We're actually giving out something with much more value. First place, we'll have a choice out of either a Manchester City treble winning jersey signed by Phil Foden, who is their best young player and is going to have a big season this season and was heavily involved in the treble win last season, or 
Manchester United's Marcus Rashford, a signed jersey by him. It's a long sleeve player version jersey. The Foden one's a player version jer- jersey as well. These jerseys alone are worth £130 and the value with them signed is probably well over £500. So this is a much better prize. You'll have a choice of either Foden or Rashford, two of England's best young players. That's a first place prize. First place placed prize. The second placed prize will be a selection of three trading cards that are signed as well. So these are limited trading cards. They're not your basic cards. And you'll have a choice of either Bruno Fernandes, Virgil van Dijk or Harry Kane. Um, I forgot to mention that we're also chucking in a Sadio Mane jersey for first place prize as well. So if you don't want anyone from the Premier League, if you do support a Premier League team and it's not Man City or Man United and you just can't bear to have either one, then you can have a signed Sadio Mane jersey instead. The third place prize is a gift card, a $100 SGPN gift card. And fourth place as well, because we're going to reward the top four for a competition that's absolutely free to enter. Uh, the fourth place prize is any classic soccer jersey of your choice. So you tell me a jersey if you come forth and it's very, very likely I'll be able to get hold of it for you. So they are the prizes and you don't have to pay or do anything other than just follow the link on the Twitter account at SGB Soccer. That's at SGB Soccer. Also give it a follow as well and make sure you subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast to make sure that you never, ever miss a pick. So looking at the Women's World Cup, we opened up with audio from England putting together what I thought was the best performance of the tournament so far, sweeping aside China by six goals to one. And I think that's highly relevant because there haven't really been a plethora of standout performances so far in this World Cup. Germany put one together in an opener, but Germany are going home. And I did consider opening the show up with the big major upset from the group stage, which which is Germany technically. But you've got Germany out of this competition. You've got Italy out of this competition. You've got Brazil out after starting so impressively with a 4-0 win. France don't look that good. They can't seem to defend very well. USA look absolutely awful. Spain looked good until they were spanked 4-0 by Japan. But I do have a theory on that. And England who didn't look great after starting out with two very, very tight 1-0 wins, suddenly just burst out and beat a good China team, or at least what I perceive to be a good China team, by six goals to one. So for me, that automatically leapfrogs the rest as the standout performance. If we run through the outright winners, winners market, the books do agree with England being bumped up now to the 3-1 to one plus 300 favourites to win the competition. This started with the USA as favourites at 5-2 to two plus 250, but their performances have put them lower down the market significantly. Spain are the second favourites now at 5-1. to one. That, for me, is very confusing considering they got absolutely wiped out 4-0 by Japan. But perhaps the books have the same theory that I have, that Spain weren't really putting their best effort into that game and almost threw the game to a certain extent so they could be in the other side of the draw. This is not like that same Spain team that um, navigate the first two games of the group stage. And um, maybe the books have the same conspiracy theory that I have, that Spain were trying to navigate their way into the weaker side of the draw. Uh, that's the only reason that I can think for what we saw from Spain, because Spain looked completely different going into that game against Japan. And uh, Japan are a good side, don't get me wrong, but I just can't see how Spain 
would suddenly put out that level of performance against Japan. Um, obviously, in professional sports, if you lower your intensity, even 10%, it can make a significant difference. But Spain are the beneficiaries of that 4-0 defeat. They now just need to navigate the round of 16 tie against Switzerland then the winner out of the Netherlands and South Africa, not the USA in a quarterfinal. And they will be in a World Cup semi-final where they will play either Japan, Norway, Sweden or the USA. Japan, after winning this group, have a far more difficult path. They need to beat Norway and the winner of Sweden versus the USA. And uh, as for the USA, who are next in the market here at 5-1, to one, in my opinion, they look broken. In my opinion, they now have to face opponents just in this side of the draw who are all better than everyone else they've faced. I don't think the Netherlands are as good as the USA made them look. I think Sweden are better and USA are going to have to find a way to beat them. I think both Japan and Norway are better, especially Japan and USA are going to have to find their way past either one of them if they can get past Sweden. And then in the semi-final, I think they'll be playing Spain. But if they play the Netherlands somehow, again, that's another difficult game as it was difficult in the group stage anyway. So the USA have it all to do. But what's happened to the USA, the team who are favourites to win the competition, the team that came into this on an incredible unbeaten run after falling short, way short at the Olympics. For me, my theory is quite simply the Ronda Rousey theory, a theory that I have for Ronda Rousey in the UFC. For those of you that don't watch UFC, Ronda Rousey was the first female champion in the UFC. She absolutely breezed past everyone, used an armbar submission and basically subbed everybody quite quickly and became a phenomenal worldwide superstar. But eventually she got found out. Everybody knew what Ronda was trying to do and the best way to beat her was to make her stand up, not let her do that to you. And more technical fighters who were more highly trained were able to beat Ronda Rousey. We saw Holly Holm, who's experienced in the game, a good, a good stand-up fighter, a good striker. Um, she worked out Ronda Rousey. And then, of course, Manda Nunes, who's now perceived to be the female GOAT, even though I still think it is Ronda for what she did for the sport and for women's, women's combat sports in general. Um, I still believe it's Ronda, but many people will say it is Amanda Nunes for what she did to Ronda. But ultimately, Ronda got found out as better fighters started to come through. I think I could use the same example for the US. So as much as these women like to bitch and cry and complain about the fact that the men are paid more and they're fighting for equal pay, even though none of these women generate equal pay, you already know that as this competition now runs head to head, with the return of men's football across Europe, heads are turning. Heads are already more interested in what Lionel Messi's doing for Inter Miami than they are in this World Cup. Now we have the Premier League and the Liga and the Bundesliga and Serie A coming back. There's going to be much less focus on this World Cup, which is a shame because it's reaching the, the later stages, the meat and potatoes part of the competition. But that's ultimately how it's going to be. And viewing figures will reflect that as well. Um, so there's no real case for equal pay whatsoever. You should be paid what you generate. That's that's how it works in everything. But these women have complained con continuously and have made themselves massively unpopular for doing so, particularly someone like Megan Rapinoe, who's massively dislikable and has been massively vocal about the issue. Now, 
in terms of why the results are moving in the wrong direction, whilst there has been such a big emphasis on improving the women's game, that's what's happened. The teams have improved. But whilst the USA, once we started this big project and we started US soccer, they almost approached the men's and women's game and their, their youth initiatives equally across the board. They, they wanted to have players coming through and they've done a good job of that. We're now starting to see it for the, for the US national men's team. But the women, by starting on equal footing with the men, to the credit of, um, of US soccer, where they really wanted to put equal focus on both, the women were the biggest beneficiaries of that. So whilst they cry and complain most of the time, they've actually been huge beneficiaries of the fact that they have been given respect. There has been investment in them. And these US women, they've been able, they've been able to train and solely focus on soccer and solely focus on the teams that they play for. They are genuinely professional sports people. Now, that is not the case and hasn't been the case for most of these teams over the years. Whilst the USA were getting professional training and professional funding, they were often playing teams who consisted of part-timers. We're talking about women who had real jobs, women who went to work in shops, women who were full-time mums, women who were teachers, women who did every kind of different job and played soccer part-time and then had to play the US national women's team who trained professionally every single day and played for clubs. And that's why we saw those massive score lines. Now, there is heavier, heavier investment all around the world. And we are seeing more and more countries progressing as the magnifying glass is on women's soccer. And there is an agenda to grow the sport. The agenda didn't exist before. It only existed in countries like the US. And US were able to take advantage of it and absolutely Blitzed, blitzed their way through these opponents like a hot knife through butter. We're not seeing that anymore. We're not seeing these US women being more fitter and faster and more technically above their opponents because things are beginning to equal up. So whilst before they were able to train all of the time, they trained every day, their fitness was better. They were able to win games later. They were able to run faster, run harder, run longer. And that was an advantage for the US women's team because it was like athletes playing part-timers. That's not the case anymore. Along with the fact that this current generation is reaching its end, there's not going to be another World Cup for Megan Rapinoe, thank God. There's not even going to be one for Alex Morgan, unfortunately. So... This is what's happening. This is my theory. And it is in line with the Ronda Rousey theory where more experienced and well-trained fighters are coming through due to the fact there is more of a heavy emphasis on that sport. And once these sports um, start getting more money and funding and they're under the magnifying glass, what you'll see is more people wanting to do it. That's why we try to, or smaller sports, try to raise awareness and get funding um, all the time so they can attract younger people and draw more interest. So younger people want to do that sport. Talking about smaller sports like table tennis and bad badminton and judo and things like that. Football's been lucky. Women's football's been lucky. It's grown a lot. And whilst it has grown, it's caught up to the teams who had the head start. The US head start is gone. And it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years. I don't think they will win this World Cup. They do not look like a team who are going to win this World Cup, in my opinion. They look 
very, very disjointed. They look like they don't know what to do because they don't have this massive advantage where they're just quicker and stronger and physically more able to just bully teams and then just not able to walk the ball into the back of the net. They're not even creating chances. Alex Morgan's been completely quiet throughout this tournament. And um, yeah, I think it's massively concerning. It, they could actually go out to, to Sweden in the very next round. And there's actually a cluster of teams that really interest me in this tournament. I'm not that interested in France because they look defensively frail. To concede three goals in their last game was, was pretty bad and they're available at 7-1. to one. But after that, there's a big cluster of teams that I'm very interested in. Japan at 8-1 to one just because if they are what we saw against Spain, then they're just going to be very hard to stop. The Netherlands at 9-1. to one, uh, I think the USA made them look better than they are. But Australia at 12-1 to one are very interesting to me because this seems like a World Cup where emotion looks like it's a big factor. We've seen some emotionally charged teams get some positive results and we've seen the pressure be too much for some of the women who are expected to go through. We've seen favourites falling day after day. This has not been a profitable tournament for me, full transparency, not because I'm someone who automatically backs favourites, but I often do find a way to get involved with teams who are expected to win and win well. And we try to find the edge. We try to find if they're going to cover a certain handicap. We try to find if there's going to be a lot of goals in the game. We try to find if they are consistently able to keep clean sheets. But the data that we've managed to obtain through the research that we've done has been absolutely useless for this tournament. And when, and when data is useless and when the eye test is useless, and I'm talking about Germ- watching a Germany game where they win 6-0 and then they lose the next one 2-1 two, two, to Colombia and they can't create chances against South Korea, that is useless in every way because the data didn't tell you that Germany were going to play like that and the eye test from the first game didn't tell you Germany were going to play like that. So we are seeing a very Jekyll and Hyde tournament and that's what makes these teams so interesting because emotion is the key uh, and there's not going to be any more emotion than there is in the Australia games. Once the Australia women, have now, once now they've got past the, the group stage, Every single game is going to be like a final for them and the crowd are going to be 100% behind them. And if there isn't significant skill advantages here, and I don't think there is, when you look at Colombia, uh, all the way even down to Denmark, if you look down to, in fact, let's even go down to Nigeria, who are 80 to 1. Nigeria haven't lost a game in this competition so far. They are coming up against England next, where I do expect England to go through. But so far... Nigeria have been able to send Brazil home by by drawing with them. They also opened up with a draw against France as well in their first game. So they are a team who can make themselves very, very difficult to beat. But we've already seen Colombia pick up a win over Germany and send them home. And as for Sweden, they advanced for their group very, very comfortably with a 100% record and they're available at 18 to 1. But with everything being so equal across the board and there not being any kind of standout team, despite that England had a standout performance, Australia on their home turf look very, very interesting at around about 12 to 1, especially given the fact that their best player and someone who I think is the best female player in the world, Sam Kerr, hasn't even kicked the ball yet in this competition and she's going to be back for the round of 16. So 12 to 1 on the host nation looks like an absolutely massive price to me for a team to win this tournament. 
Before we move on to looking at a small selection of the round of 16 games, let me quickly tell you guys that we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and it's available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest and of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4 where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and your promo code SGPN. So let's move on to looking at a small selection of matches here that are going to be happening in the round of 16. We're going to look at three games out of the eight that are happening. I will be posting all of my official plays on my website, lockbetting.com. Service has delivered 121 months in a row of transparent track profit. And even at lockbetting.com, we'll be looking for things to turn around in this tournament. In the history of the service, which has now lasted for over a decade, we have only had one losing soccer tournament that was Euro 2016 and even going into final we had a chance to actually win our bet but Portugal ended up winning against the host nation France France was a four unit play for us so in the end we ended up losing over six units in the tournament the two units that we were down going into the final with a chance to swing that around but we ended up six units down Uh, We took no hedge on Portugal and that forever taught me my lesson about hedging. But this is in great danger of being another one. So I will warn you that this has been very, very tough. And I myself, despite picking three games here for the round of 16 and looking at the futures markets, I am looking for a turnaround here in this tournament. I'm looking for some of my opinions to actually turn into payouts because As I said, it's been very, very tough. Very much looking forward to focusing on male soccer again from next week. But we are invested in this tournament. I have focused a lot of time, energy and effort into it. I think eventually research will be useful. I don't think it's just going to be useless and every single bit of data is going to be out of the window. I've also watched every team so far. So I do think I still have some valid opinions to bring to the table. So the first game we are going to look at here is going to be the USA game. This isn't just to appease US listeners. I do think we have a strong lean here on this game. The USA are the 23 to 20 favourites to win the game in 90 minutes. It's 21 to 10 on the draw and it's 12 to 5 here on Sweden. The USA are the 8 to 13 favourites to progress and Sweden are available here at 5 to 4. I'm not going to make any more investment in the US. Um, The way that the draw has played out, I actually have a half-unit play on Sweden to reach the quarterfinals of the competition, but we have a one-unit play, a lock, when we did our future show, on the USA to reach the semi-finals. So it's kind of like we've hedged with Sweden, but we'd rather get the play over the line with the USA because that was a free play that was given out to everyone. It was given out to my lock-betting clients. And it was also given out to you free listeners here on the show. So I would prefer for everybody to get paid. But for this game, I'm not actually going to focus on the winner at all. I think I'm going to focus on the goals, particularly the first half market. That's what interests me. And I'm going to go for the Asian goal line play here for under one goal in the first half. Now, 
This isn't under 0.5 goals. That's the key. It's under one. You only lose this selection if there are two goals in the first half. If there are, if there is one goal in the first half, this selection is a push. If there are no goals in the first half, this selection is a winner. So as long as there aren't two goals in the first half, you're okay here. What we want is for there to be no goals in the first half. And I think there's a very, very good chance that there are no goals in the first half. Now you can take the under 0.5 at 13 to 8. So a big plus money selection here. But the under 1 is an odds-on selection at minus 110. So 10 to 11. The reason why I think there's a possibility of a nil-nil first half is because when we do hit knockout football, things tend to get more cagey across the board. And the best thing about both of these two teams so far in a competition has been their defences. USA obviously came through very, very scrappily. They had ties against the Netherlands and most disappointingly against Portugal. That obviously proved costly and they didn't win the group. That's why they're playing here against Sweden. They're one of the best remaining teams in the tournament. They're far too big at 18-1 to to win it and they had a 100% record. Now, looking at why I think it will be nil-nil, other than the fact things get cagey when knockout football starts, the two teams met in the 2021 Olympics and Sweden beat the USA 3-0. And USA will know what Sweden are about and they'll respect them probably more than they've respected any of the teams so far. So we're not going to have a gun-ho approach here for the US. They know that they can be attacked via the back door if they leave too much space in and behind. I think the teams here will both be reliant, as they have been throughout the tournament, on their back four. This is a Swedish team are coming to this one, having conceded just once in the group stage, while USA also allowed just one goal and really didn't allow too much goal-mouth activity until towards the end of that Portugal game, where they just seemed to nervously capitulate because they couldn't get themselves ahead. And Portugal actually hit the posts, and USA are just a post away from not even being in this game. Um, Sweden's attack has uh, nine goals so far in three games, but USA have only managed four. So they're the favourites here for this game, but they've only scored four goals in this tournament. So you'd have to think they they would like to make sure that they keep the back door closed here because they can't really rely on an attack um, that's, only com- that's only managed to deliver four goals so far. You can't completely trust that and just think, OK, they're going to bail us out because that has not been the case so far in this tournament. So ultimately, it comes back round to the fact that the USA have conceded just one lone goal so far in the competition, whilst the Swedes have also conceded just one goal. And uh, the US goal that they conceded was off the back of a very, very good counter-attack. And as I said, the USA will be looking to avoid that. I foresee the USA keeping the majority of the possession against Sweden, and it'll be Sweden trying to score on a counter-attack, and the USA have already conceded via that, so to be aware of it, and especially be aware of the Swedes, who beat them 3-0 at the Olympics by counter-attacking. I expect a very cagey first half in particular, And if there is going to be goals, there are going to be goals. I think they'll come in the final 45 minutes. So you can take a first half under here of 0.5 at 13 to 8. So that's plus 160 or better than plus 160. Or you can play a little bit safer and take the under one, which pushes if there does happen to be just one goal. Loses if there are two. But you cash if you end up with a nil-nil scoreline. And that selection is available at 10 to 11 
minus 110. The second semi-final I want to look at is on Monday morning and it's England and Nigeria. England are the one to three favourites to win it. It's four to one on the draw and it's 10 to one here on Nigeria. England strong favourites to qualify at one to 10 with Nigeria here at six to one. Nigeria have done very well so far and they're undefeated in the competition, but I do see things coming to an end here against England. England had a lot of players missing and it does look like they are now clicking with the players that they've brought in. Lauren James, for me, she looks like the best female player in the tournament and uh, that's proven by her stats so far. Three assists, three goals. And for me, she's going to be key if England are going to win this World Cup. I think it's safe to say England are going to try and make a fast start to this game. And therefore, my selection here will be to take England half-time, full-time, which is an even money selection at plus 100. England so far have led at half-time in every single one of the three games, scoring within six minutes of their last two games. So they do start fast. Nigeria have led for just 37 minutes so far in this tournament across 248 minutes in the group whilst England have led for all but 39 minutes across their three games so far. So it's 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 like chalk and cheese in terms of the type of tournaments they've had, yet they both come in as two unbeaten teams. But for me, England, they start fast, they go in at half-time, 1-0 up, and I see no different here. As I said, the longest they've been held was in their opener, where they needed a penalty to break through. And uh, for me, I don't see Nigeria surviving 45 minutes against this England team. I also like Lauren James to score in this game, which is 5-2 to two plus 250. She's proven to be a difference maker since she's come into the side. She's hit three goals across the last two matches and she's been in the number 10 role behind the two strikers. And that allows her to get into better positions against a side who are, are unlikely to stifle the favourites here. They've done very well. But England don't get knocked out here. England are going to the semi-finals of this competition. And uh, they'll get past Nigeria and they'll get past whoever gets through to that quarter-final stage. They'll manage to get a win over Colombia and Jamaica. And this side of the draw is looking very, very good for England to build on the European Championship win and to get to a World Cup final. So I'm going to take England here and I'm going to take half time, full time, and it's an even money selection, as I said, at plus 100. Final game I'm going to look at is the host nation, Australia against Denmark, where Australia are the 10 to 11 favourites. It's 9 to 4 on the draw and it's 10 to 3 on Denmark, with Australia priced up at 1 to 2 to qualify and Denmark priced up at 6 to 4. For me, I love Australia to get the win here. I like Australia straight up on the money line. I think the home crowd is going to be key here. I spoke about this being a World Cup, which has been contested with a lot of emotion behind it. And those that are able to handle the emotion have managed to put out good performances and use it to advantage. And those that haven't, they've crumbled. Australia temporarily crumbled against Nigeria. They had a bad spell in a game, and that's really it. That's the only negative thing you can say about them. The positives are the form that they had coming into the tournament. They look strong coming in, and what they did to Canada, who are the seventh-ranked team in the world. The Olympic champions are going home with Brazil, Italy, and Germany as a result of what Australia did to them. And Sam Kerr will also be declared fit enough here to play this game. She could only be on the bench against Canada. 
but she will be in the team on Monday and they've done so well without her already in order to get here because it looked like they could have gone out in a group stage but under pressure under real real pressure they handled it and beat Canada very very comfortably I don't see Denmark knocking them out here Denmark come into this having just conceded a single goal, but that doesn't tell you the true story. In the group stage, they conceded 31 shots on goal. So while they only managed to concede one goal in the group stage, that could potentially be down to poor finishing. Uh, They aren't used to knockout football. This is their first appearance in knockout stage of the World Cup since 1995. Whilst Australia, they've progressed to their fifth straight round of 16 clash. These two teams, I think, are feeling very different about being here. I think for Denmark, they've done well to get to this point and they'll just be looking to have a bonus win here. As for Australia, they're expected to go through. I don't think that uh, Denmark will be able to cause the upset here. I think Australia are going to build on what they did. I think Sam Kerr coming in is going to be a huge boost. And I think a team that show up here that play anywhere near the same level as the team that beat Canada will comfortably get past Denmark here and end their competition. So for me, I like Australia to win. I like Australia on the money line here. And that's going to be my selection at the price of 10 to 11 minus 110. Looking at a lock here for this show, um, my locks haven't been great so far for this World Cup. My picks haven't been great so far for this World Cup. So we'll be looking to turn that round and we're going to take a safe one here on this show just to get us back on track. We're going to take England to reach the semi-finals of the competition. It's a slightly chalky one. It's available at 16 to 25. But for me, that actually offers up some value to get this at just under minus 150. So probably around about minus 160 for a few guys in the US uh, or minus 170. If you can get it at anything around about minus between minus 160 and minus 180, I still think it's a good bet because simply because England are one to 10 to beat Nigeria. In the, when they go through to the quarterfinal against either Colombia or Jamaica, whoever it is, they're going to be about minus 800, at worst, minus 600. A minus 1,000 and a minus 600 parlay doesn't pay out 1 to 2. So even if you are getting 1 to 2 minus 200, you're still getting better odds than what this parlay would pay out. So for me, I don't see how the books reach that point. I think the, the right price for England would be around about minus 400. So the fact I'm getting 16 to 25 makes this almost an automatic investment for me. So I'm going to take England to qualify for the semi-finals. If you want to take England to reach the final, I would not dissuade you from doing that. The only issue I have with that is that Australia are in this half of the draw. And I really think home momentum is going to be crucial here. I would almost advocate for you to sprinkle a half unit on Australia to win on the money line as well as an additional bonus but half unit lock because I usually think of my locks as one unit plays but I very much feel that Australia will build on what they did against Canada and get themselves through to the quarterfinals. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.